Well, hello and welcome to the DCI Kingdom podcast. This is season 2 and episode 24, but more importantly, it's the fifth, 50th episode that we've ever done. And I am glad to say I have got two guys who are down below me at the moment, if you're watching on YouTube, but if you're listening, you'll hear them very shortly. It's Dave Johnson and Devin McTavish, legendary commentators. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And again, uh, be careful, Deb, when they start throwing legendary around. That means you've been doing this too long. They're, they're, they're going to want to get rid of us. They start to say legendary. Doesn't that mean that you know we should organize a retirement party? But thank you so much. And I, I can tell by that big smile, Devin, it's good to see you after what's at least three days since we've talked. Well, we're on the four-day schedule, so given the past three months, so we, the fact that uh, – I'm sorry to miss your face, Dave. Thanks for having us on. I've never heard my name, Devin, with legend in the sentence. So, um, you know, it's it's all Dave. Dave is the legend. I am simply the clown who stands next to him. No, no, no. no, that's the, no. Let's stop right there. That's not true. I mean, and this is what, and as you know, as you found this out, James, as you've been a, a fan of uh, of DC United since Jaime Moreno. Thank you for sending him over from from Middlesbrough, yeah. which was your yeah. club uh, in England, but. But the the beauty of, of of everyone that's that's listening to us this afternoon, and and Devin can certainly attest to it, as he uh, so proudly wore the the black and red jersey. It is a club that is about connection. It is about family. It is, and we 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 you know still remember everything that the you know Deb McTavish did a player in whatever competition, and and we were so proud of him, and I'm so proud to stand next to him because he is a, a terrific story from the great Google at Winchester, Virginia to West Virginia University, to pro soccer. Again, as we all know, to be a professional athlete in whatever sport, that's a, that's a, a tremendous uh, accomplishment. And uh, Devin's been with me for the last four years, and, and it's it's just been a wonderful experience. But we, we stay connected as a club. I think about it today, John, our good friend, was named Coach of the Year in the USL, coaching Greenville. So uh, no matter – players can stop playing – but they're they're still always a part of of, of DC and I. And it's always I've talked too much, and so just edit this part out of the uh, conversation. <laughs> I think we're back live. To, well, I think we're live. We're live. We're it's live. Fine. I was afraid of that. So so let, let me go back to James. I'm I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I've taken over the show. I thought I, I apologize. But I, I want to. Devin is too modest, and and he's a he's a first class uh, person and, and an individual, and, and he's got a, a, a terrific family and and. It, believe me, it, it's a real joy to be with him in each and every game. How do you follow that, uh, Devin? <laughs> I, I don't. I, I can't. I mean, like, he, you know, he uh, is the quality person that Dave is. He, uh, he takes ownership of a room right away. And um, uh, it just, it's not a testament to him, like, wanting the eyes on him. It's just the character that he It's like his personality. It's he just, especially when it talks about D.C. United, like, he is D.C. United. You hear um you know, he's been with the club. That was his 25th season. So he's been the only broadcaster who has uh, been there since day one. And um, you can you can hear the passion in his voice when obviously when he says it's in the net, but just literally conversation on the street talking about DC United, you hear the passion in his voice. So um, he's a remarkable human being. And uh, I don't know if you know, I, I grew up in the area outside of DC. So I was able to, we're totally taking over the show. No, I know no, we have a, going. That's like, absolutely kind of, like, fine. We're just, so, and I'm not trying to make Dave feel old because he started when he was like 12 years old doing the broadcast for DC United. So, and he still looks younger than I do. Somehow I have gray hair and he's, he doesn't have wrinkles in his face and he doesn't have gray hair. But I started, I was watching him when I was, you know, 12 years old when DC United launched. And so, um, it, it's just, it, to be able to stand next to him over, like, again, the course of the 90 minutes and, um, 
it's 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 uh it's, it's an honor and i'm humbled to do it and i i've loved this club since you know 96 uh i was there in 97 uh when they left the mls because 43 degrees and rainy and um i think i got pneumonia but you know it was worth it because <laughs> i got to be able to see uh dc united lift the cup in person and um you know hopefully it will come again um i hope to be there in person when it does come again but you know dave says all these all these things and not just because it's he's uh he's putting on a show he, he means them um his passion for the club is, is remarkable and uh no one no one i know there will be lots of people who say they have more passion for the club i don't think uh they don't hold a candle to what dave johnson has done for the club in terms of uh support and passion no. so. except for you james <laughs> except for you Carlton. no no i mean Dave, Dave's a, just another league, isn't he? He's, you, you are something else, Dave. You are absolutely <laughs> yeah. awesome. And it's, I mean, I've, I've been grateful for the fact that I've been able to watch the pregame shows um, throughout since the MLS is back tournament. And they're fantastic. And then obviously watching the games themselves, being able to tune in alongside everyone who's in America as well. It's been fantastic. And there's no, for me, there's no better commentary than you guys. And I'm not saying that because you're on the show. I truly believe that there is no one better to commentate about DC United than people who are completely passionate about the club. And again, thank you for everything that you do during the games. Well, and again, uh, what what the I don't know if I'm awesome or, or or it's 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 this community we have and, and these fans uh, uh, that are awesome. And, and and again, what what my passion comes from is is the people and 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 that's why we, boy did we miss and I know Devin the, the, having the fans and the the stands this year and, and 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 because that's that's what it's all about. But it's been able to connect with so many of them. But you, there's this is a headline flash, but the, this world can be a, a tough place. Sometimes our personal lives can be a tough place sometimes. But the one thing and I experienced this growing up when I was a fan of the NASL and and, uh, just how important it was the Washington diplomats uh, to me in my life to have those two hours where all you were worried about was whether Johan Cruyff would would score a goal. And and so the fact that we have Major League Soccer um, and and it's all the the people that are listening to us and and watching us and, and the supporters that have made Major League celebrate its its 25th anniversary. This was not a, a given that pro soccer would work in, in the United States, and and but through through our wonderful supporters groups from day one, uh, that we had the energy that no other club and no other team had, and I always tell people, and I think you played in that game. Remember Devin in, in 2006, right after the World Cup, it was uh, DC and I played a friendly against Glasgow Celtic. You were in that game, right? You I was. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, you know, my last name is McTavish. So I right, right. So all, all the all the Scottish uh, reporters thought you were on the other team. It was a new Celtic, <laughs> yeah, know, right? but he was really part of us. DC, DC and I. The, the, and believe it or not, there's a point to, to bringing up the story. This this was a quickly arranged friendly with Glasgow Celtic. It was a rainy Wednesday night. And I'm thinking, ah, I wonder how the crowd's going to be, whatever. And right away, the Scottish reporters who are on tour with Celtic uh, were, were asking me pregame, you know, what's the atmosphere going to be like? And I just confidently said, oh, no, believe me, they're going to bring it. They're going to bring it. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, it's a rainy Wednesday night. And, you know, we just learned about this game four days ago. Well, instead, on this rainy Wednesday night, uh, Barra Bravo, the Screaming Eagles, the District Alters, all of them, they, they brought it strong. And that's the one time in my life. I, I felt like Brian Johnson, the lead singer of ACDC, where I had a rock thundering behind me because I was able to say they're going to bring it, and they did bring it. And that was that game 
We beat Glasgow Celtic that night in 2006, but that's that's what this club is all about. Yeah, it is also about uh, M ups and, and rainy nights and and uh, trophies, but it's also about you know little moments like that where the, the passion is 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 still strong because we love this club. The fans love this club. Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing you've seen throughout this year that we've missed is having fans, but we've seen some stadiums have it. I don't want to talk about for obviously the pandemic and that's obviously ravaged the world at the moment. And we've seen it over here in the EPL that there's zero fans at the moment. Seeing some fans in stadiums in America, what's that been like for you guys? Because you've obviously got it first time. Obviously, Audi Field, there is no fans there. But has that had an influence on the games? Because I think the fact that there's no fans means that the, the away team tends to do a little bit better. David, you want to start? Yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think back of the games that DC played that or they actually had, you know, that we were there on the road and they had fans. I don't think we, the I don't first think we did. Atlanta, right? Just like three weeks ago? Oh, Atlanta. You're right. You're right. I think it was Atlanta. Um, and yeah. the, the first two games of the year were obviously at home. So, um, you know, over the course of you just watching other MLS games, I, I don't know how much of an impact they did have. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, like Seattle or in Atlanta, there's more difficult atmospheres, right? For mm-hmm. especially for like young players, it, it, towards the end of the year they were able. At Seattle wasn't, but I know Atlanta was able to have some some fans and stands, and that's a massive stadium, and so it was really a drop in the bucket in terms of allowing people in. But um, I, I think the hard part, James, was the the fact that I mean, the United States is a bit it's a big place, and these teams are traveling at the game. So I mean, if you're going down to you know, Miami or, um, you know, I know that the, the team before Atlanta had actually gone down the night before, which was the only time they had done that throughout the year. So I'm um, going up to New York, you're going the day of the game and like, um, it's, it just makes it more difficult. So the atmosphere may not be as difficult. Um, I think even some players talked about how, uh, when DC and I started to like, you know, Griffin, yeah, I was getting involved. Kevin Prady was getting involved. Nyman was getting involved early on. They talked about how the lack of atmosphere probably is beneficial to some players because, um, it's not nearly as intimidating, but um, regardless, it's still difficult okay. to travel on the road in MLS, cause especially this year. I mean, we're traveling the day of the game, so it just adds yeah. a different dimension to it. Yeah, I think, I mean, you again, that's a point that Ola Kamara made in one of our post games that maybe it's helping the, the younger players that, right. that they're making their debuts or not doing it in front of a, an intimidating environment of 25,000 uh, screaming people. And, and, uh, regardless, uh, you know, it's. I think it's just been a, a difficult year for everybody. What, what uh, the traveling the day of the game, professional teams, athletes, and, and now I'm, I should. David can speak to it. He's the athlete, not me. But the point is, you get into a rhythm and a routine, and all been disrupted. The traveling, uh, the day of the game. So yeah, as a road team, you're not you're not going into a hostile environment, but you're you know you've also been up since seven in the morning and traveling and. Um, it, it's just been a it's been a difficult year, and and you know you hope we can have a better year around the world and and find a way to do certain things and and also um, you know keep people yeah. employed too. But that's that's a whole <laughs> podcast, a whole other topic. So as I said, obviously this pandemic has ravaged the world. That led to MLS doing the MLS's back tournament down in Orlando. Now obviously you guys weren't there, but. How good was it to have soccer back after, how, I think it was three months, four, possibly four months out, and you guys had to commentate? And was that 
something that was really a good thing for you guys? I, you know, I think it was it was a good thing, whether it was soccer or whatever it was. It, it was it, it was important um, to to try to find a way to do things, and not because we were you know bored watching uh, Peaky Blinders on Netflix or, or, or God knows what. It it, it uh, in, in all seriousness, uh, and I, I remember Mike Vec, who was a, a son of a legendary um, baseball owner, who actually is a, a baseball owner himself of, of some minor league. Uh, teams like the, the famous teams, the St. Paul Saints, and I say famous because they're known for their marketing and their innovation. And he made the comment to me back in, in, in July that COVID is, is serious. It's not going away. But having said that, you know, we have to find a way to try to do things. And that includes um, sporting events. And and we do have uh, the technology and, and the, the ability to to organize and navigate and choreograph so people are still uh, spaced out. And again, it's, it's, it's up to, you know, everyone's, everyone's comfort level. So I think, you know, uh, the fact that us and, and other sports for that matter, uh, were committed to saying, all right, let's, let's figure out a way uh, to do this. It, it was, it was important. And, you know, the MLS initially took the MLS's back tournament as, uh, if you want to call it a, a safety step, because it was a, it was a more controlled environment. Teams were not traveling. Um, you know that's that was important. Uh, so yeah, it was great to have competition back, uh, but it was also just great to say, you know what, uh, we've got a serious thing going on here. Let's find a way uh, that we can still hmm. do what we do, what we do. And I say we, I mean Major League Soccer is is we're a soccer league. We're we're an entertainment uh, value and and. <laughs> Let's, as, as a world, we need, um, as humans, we need uh, sources of, of, of joy and entertainment. And, and I think that, that was an important thing for MLS to do. And Devin? Yeah, and it was, it was, I was just going to um, say that, I mean, you know, we, we didn't get to broadcast the games, but we did the pregame shows. And so it was just uh, a bit of normalcy in what was an upside-down world and still is an upside-down world this part. Um, so... I think it was a, you know, in reflecting on, I think it was a good move for MLS, and just obviously that was the only option was to kind of create a bubble and they go from there. And um, the other perk was that like we had 9 a.m. games, so you like wake up and have a cup of coffee, and you know it's like uh, it's like World Cup um, when they're based in Europe. So you know it didn't go the tournament didn't go the way DC United was really hoping for, obviously, but um, it, it was a, it was a bit of normalcy um, in what was and a, a, still is a difficult time. I know. Plus, he started returning my phone calls when we started to have games again. Like, <laughs> like I've been trying to reach out for like three months, and no, I'm just kidding. Dave, my phone calls, I could call him at 11 o'clock tonight. No, the, the game and times during that tournament were obviously all out of whack, as you rightly said, 9 a.m., which is fantastic for me because a 2 p.m. kickoff was brilliant. Yeah. I could actually watch it for once without being tired. But the fact that there was the 10.30 game as well, that was must have been rough for the players to get into that because it was rough for me getting up at that time in the morning to watch a game. Yeah, I think, you know, I think if you go back and ask the players, um, putting myself in their shoes, I think they probably would prefer the 1030 game. I think 9 a.m. in Florida, in Orlando, in July, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot. It's humid. Um, it's the, the surface is, is wet from watering it. So the heat is coming up through your boots. Um, so, you know, you can kind of like balance your body a little bit in terms of taking a nap, 10:30 kickoff, not easy, obviously. Um, but 
think they probably prefer the 10:30 over the 9 a.m. I mean, I was just 9 a.m. because we would every day, obviously, around that time. And so in the District of Columbia, it gets pretty hot yeah. August and July. So um, it's not too far off from what Orlando um, is like. So uh, it'd be miserable at times. So I think the later games had a little more energy to them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was, I mean, it's the whole, the whole bubble was difficult, you know, for them. I mean, going away from their families for that long and um, the uncertainty of it really like, you know, players getting tested all the time. And so it's uh, it really a daunting year for, for everyone. And so. But I don't think the league gets enough credit for the fact that they, uh, there were 51 games played in 45 days and not one positive COVID-19 test once they got going with the tournament. So uh, it's it's really one of the – they should take a bow because they did everything they could to, to, to make it a, a, a safe environment for the players, and they did. There was there was not one uh, – players or referees, for that matter, and, and credit to the referees who also um, had to, to uh, you know, sacrifice their time. And, and it was just – when we look back on on it, we hope we never have to go through something like this again. Uh, but I, I think it should be a moment of, of pride that, that Major League Soccer uh, <laughs> was able to to pull that off. Because I, I don't think there was a game plan <laughs> of, of what happens if a pandemic happens. There's there's no book they could go to and say, all right, uh, let's let's get out the operations manual for for putting together a tournament in Orlando in the middle of the the, the summer in the middle. of of a pandemic there's there's no blueprint for that so um i, I cannot say enough about how well the league did in terms of there's a lot off. of controversy around the whole tournament i remember people this is like the complete wrong thing to do everyone in the same place if someone gets it it's going to spread like wildfire but as you rightly said no no positive tests credit due that right there to major league soccer for pulling that off i think from what i've heard from players and Claudia as well, when I've spoken to her recently, everything was done in the right manner. And for I tried to think how many players, staff, referees that they had to cater for and to look after throughout that whole entire tournament. It's, it's on another level. And fa- fair play to Major League Soccer for that. Yeah, and, and that's, uh, you know, and the reality is COVID obviously still exists. And so if you if we're in the comfort of our uh, own homes, uh, you know, Devin's in the, the comfort of his palatial six-room office there that he's talking to us from. But but the point being, and I, I don't I don't say this lightly, you know, it, it's out there. And it, it's not saying, well, I'm not going to go after you if you go to the grocery store. I think we're, we're all still eating. We're all still going to the grocery store. We're all still... I don't know, filling our cars up. I mean, the reality is, um, it, 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 you, you could be in a group of 12 people, socially distanced, not socially distanced, or whatever, and might not get it, and you, you could be somewhere else and, and get it. So, uh, yes, you do have to, you know, it's like anything in life. You, you have to be smart about what you do and don't do and what your, your comfort, uh, level is. But, um, uh, you know, I think the reality is, there, and there's still, you know, we we had a season go on. Uh, we had players then test positive. Uh, you know, and and there's going to be other players that, that test positive happening in the NFL right now. But it just it, it's it's a reality of the world we live in. You just do the best you can to to avoid uh, the risk at all costs. But we are all, nobody is totally locked down. We are all still 
living. Uh, as I was on the road today, if, uh, you know, people are out and about and they're doing things because they need to. They need to get food. They need to get whatever. So it's a challenge. It really is. Um, and I, know, I don't know exactly what the situation is over there for you guys in terms of lockdowns or what you can and can't do right now. But I know over here in England, we're in lockdown again, um, which is really, really frustrating. But the fact is, we've just got to do what we've got to do to try and get through this. You know, there's the the vaccine that's uh, recently been announced that's 90% effective. Thing, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully we can get to a stage where we can have fans back in the stadium. We can get to some sort of uh, normalcy again. We're, that's what we're well, hoping for. Yeah. Yeah. So that tournament for us, as Devin said earlier, wasn't exactly the best tournament ever. Two points from a total of nine. Um, and I know we've had the head coach change. Obviously, Ben, unfortunately, left. Was this the start of the demise for him? The tournament? Or this, I mean... Before the tournament, we we were okay. We obviously beat um, into Miami. Um, I mean, we got beat by Colorado. But the tournament, the performance in terms of the the whole points, I think the, the expectation was for us to actually like, get at least three, maybe four points, and progress from the group stage. Yeah, I think the the, the challenge is, and this is you know, uh, Ben Olson for. Uh, you know, looking at just how long he had success and won a trophy with with uh, with the club, the U.S. Open Cup trophy, but also, you know, guiding the team into the into multiple what is it four out of the last five years in the, into the playoffs and and that type of thing. Major League Soccer is is a is a is such a competitive league. You can't go in to a season, you know, like in England, you can go into a English Premier League season, you can probably about six clubs and say, all right, well, those are going to be the, the top yeah. six. That's at least that's the cliche yeah. anyway. So it's more like the, the, the championship. I'm not talking about the level of play. I'm just talking about in terms of the level of, of competition. I always throw out, uh, you know, in 2010, we had Dallas and Colorado in an MLS <laughs> Cup final. So what that means is you can't always tell who is who's going to be the going in. And it's such a you know, I, I don't know if it's longer than any other season. I think because it, you know, we start when it's freezing cold and we end when it's cold, and in between we lose 30 pounds sweating in the heat of the summer. So we have we have so many things we have to go through. But what I'm saying is is that that because you're in such a uber competitive environment, if if certain things go wrong with your team, and that's what happened. Look, DC United, we kept. You know, had trouble keeping up with the number of starters that were out, and this and this continued right actually to the last weeks of the season. But a good portion of of that period where the team really struggled, we were talking about six regulars, uh, you know, out of the lineup, and it's no secret DC United is not one of the deeper lineups this year. It, it, it the fact that we were playing sixteen and seventeen year olds, and they look, they prove they're ready to play. But having said that, the fact that you're you know, in a situation where you know you you don't have a a bench full of veterans, um, you know you're gonna you're gonna have some challenges. It always reminds me of uh, we had made the playoffs in 2012. That was the you know um, uh, the you know the amazing uh, the slogan. Why am I drawing a blank here? 
I, you can't hold me back. You can't hold me back. It's because you have belief. <laughs> you know, Film the tattoo. Film the tattoo. I was, I was just saying, <laughs> why do I forget that? But that was the, I, you can't hold me back in 2012. Yeah. You've got that belief slogan behind you. It's throwing me off. Devin, <laughs> is you, but, um, so you go into 2013 with lots of optimism. I, I still remember Ben Olson telling me at the time, he said, well, we're, you know, we're not too deep and, and, uh, we're, we don't have a lot of depth if we, but we're going to be okay. But if we get hit with a lot of injuries, it could be tough. Well, <laughs> did get hit with a lot of injuries and ended up with the three-win season that, you know, ironically had the U.S. Open Cup. So, you know, I, I just think that that you just have to look at at uh, Ben Olson's period of time with a, with a lot of success. He knows it. Every coach knows it. That you know, after you're hired, you're one step closer to the day your run probably ends yeah. as head coach. Uh, you typically don't last. 25 years or, or, or whatever is, is a head coach, no matter how good or, or, or bad you are. So, you know, he did a, a tremendous job. I think it would have been nice, given all what Devin was just talking about, the, the, the pandemic and everything, the stop and start, and, and we're trying to integrate a, a new designated player in Edison Flores into the lineup, and, and we, we can't really get him going because we're, we're stopping and starting. It would have been nice to get out of this season having to make a, a, a coaching change, but Unfortunately, you know, they, they kept scheduling games and we weren't getting any healthier and we were trying to, to figure it out. And it, and it led to um, a coaching change. So I don't think that the tournament, um, you know, was a sign of, of, you know, it would have been nice to get out of that group stage. But, um, you know, I think if anything, that amplified that, you know, we really did miss Paul Ariola a lot and Edison Flores not fully healthy. Uh, you know, we needed some things to go right for us that didn't. Um, but you know, all, all we can take is, is how this club finished the last month and, and, uh, know that, that, that spirit's back. And, you know, there's every team in MLS is going to have to work hard in the off season because this is just such a competitive league. Uh, it, it just, everyone, and, and you don't live in a, in a, a vacuum. You're trying to find the best players around the world and, uh, you know, we, we've done a great job with, with, I think, about picking out Russell Canales from a third division team in Germany. Or you can go right down the list. You know, we've got some good parts there, and we almost made the playoffs. It was just a, a crazy last day. Let's put it that way. I mean, the, I just could not believe the, the highs and the lows of that last of that decision day. It was something I was really looking forward to. As you rightly said, the spirit was there. Uh, the form was good. Uh, it was nice to see that we were... Getting scoring quite a few goals, and we scored two. It was just a shame that Montreal scored more. Um, but the good thing from that game was that ball came back, and that was yep. a great moment. And for you guys, what was that like to see Paul? Obviously, you were you were there at the game. So, what was that like? You know, it's when um, we'd heard like a. Day, what was it? Maybe like a month before, there was a chance if they were in contention for the playoffs that he could probably some minutes in the maybe the last mess two matches or so. And so, um, you know, my initial reaction was why, hmm. right? Like, but at this point, you were a month out and they hadn't won three games in a row and the form was often so, um, you know, and then you start, start winning some games and, you know, conversations about like, yeah, maybe Paul's going to come back. And I think Dave and I talked about before the game on Sunday, it's like just his. His, his leadership, I mean, he's a young player, obviously, but he's got so much experience, and um, he wears a smile on his face every time he, he walks into the room, and he's just, uh, 
he's just a breath of fresh air in what was a difficult season. So that lift that he provided to the team, I think you saw it in the first 15 minutes, right? Like they came out against Montreal and they were absolutely flying. Um, and then to get kind of get to your, your you know, question, to see him come out on the field. I mean, I've been a player, I, you know, fortunately, I think I didn't tear my ACL. So I don't understand the, uh, you know, full rehab and the, the amount of work that goes back into that. But I did have knee injuries and I had some knee surgeries. And for him to come back from, you know, having surgery in February, um, to be able to play in a meaningful game like that, where everyone's going 110 miles an hour. I mean, he nearly got his leg broken by Piet there with yeah. that red card challenge on him. Um, and he, and you know, he hobbled off of it and then he kept playing. And so for him, um, to come back from in that short amount of time, and I think it says a lot about his character to get one, to get back and two, would be like, yeah, I'm willing to take 30 minutes. So that means we have a chance to get in the playoffs. I mean, that, that, that indicates how committed he is, um, you know, as a professional to this, to this club. So, um, short of shedding the tear, it was, uh, it was a moment that, um, I think everyone watching everyone at the club um, was extremely proud of Paul for getting to that point. Uh, it was it was a heart of a lion moment, which which to, to tie it in with with uh, Ben Olsen. I mean that was that was that was why Ben is so beloved as a player. He he gave everything uh, to this club, and and that's I think you know I don't want people to understand. I recognize that this was not a good season for DC United. I recognize that that it was only because they allowed more teams in the playoffs that we were still in the conversation uh, on, on decision day. I, I recognize all that. Having said that, and, and Devin has been through this as a player and, and feels it as a club. I think, you know, what, and that's why, you know, supporters, you, you appreciate the supporters that, that really stick with you through the, the, the thick and thin, to use that cliche of the bad times, because these players are, are given their all. They're, uh, you know, okay, you can say, well, I don't know about on that play or this play or they they didn't have the best of games. Well, that happens to all of us. You know, I don't have the best of broadcasts. Believe me, there's fans that can list all my bad broadcasts. <laughs> no, There's an internet website no. out there that can list that. But 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 the point being is is they care. They want to make it. And Paul Ariola, what does he have to come back for? Last game of the season. We're, we're not even sure we're going to make the – well, he worked his, you know, tail off to get to that, that point. Uh, I mean, he could have easily – said, well, you know, we got this pandemic going on and this and that. Let me just take this rehab. No, he wanted to come back because he, you know, cared about this club and this team and it, and it means that 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 much to him. So if you're a fan, you have to be energized. You know what? This club means a lot to me. I, you know, I, I give my blood, sweat and beer to this club and and I've got players that are that are responding um, in kind. So I think that's you know that that's why we we love it so much when when players like a Paul Ariola said I, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna get back on that field and I'm gonna do whatever and I mean he tried as we saw and boy would it would have been a Hollywood script oh. if he had scored and and he mm-hmm. had his chances um, so it, it was it was a it was a feel good moment but it also you know speaks to is as difficult as this year was. Overall, and you could read into that one. I mean, there's everything was everything is still difficult about this year. But the point being is the spirit had to be strong for a player to want to yeah. come back because he, yeah. he cares about the shirt he's wearing. Yeah, yeah and you just I, I mean, I was just envisioning you know during the broadcast the amount of people that were standing up at home applauding Paul yeah. for getting back. <laughs> You know, I mean, it would have been, uh, you know, 20,000 strong standing up, supporting him in his, uh, as he was trotting out on the field. But, um, 
Dude, been, dude hit the weight room too in the off season. Goodness me, man! Oh, you see that that jersey was a little too <laughs> it was a little tighter than it was when he left last year. But um, that's just a testament to you know. I mean, even if he couldn't run, he was doing whatever he could to uh, make himself better as a player. Well, so. yeah, he had a lot of time to work work on that great, upper great strength for him in twenty twenty one. Right? Yeah. Honestly, it's I've seen the reaction over on Twitter and and all the social media about his comeback was just phenomenal. And I know the the guys at the club, they'd done a fantastic video um, show, showing his, his comeback and his rehab and all the work that he'd done. And that was an ap- one of the best pieces of work I've seen the club do for such a long time. It was, I think it was 15, 20 minutes long and well worth watching. Um, so if you haven't seen it, get on the website and go and check it out because it'll be a great watch. It's moving. Um, it's great to see what actually happens during the rehab as well. And yeah, I just absolutely loved it. Um, going on that, moving on, what's been the highlight of your, your guys' seasons? I know obviously there's been quite a few low points with the whole thing that's happened, but what's been the best part of the season so far? Yeah, uh, I'll, you know, there were so many, there were actually some high marks, but I mean, whenever I get asked a question like that, I always think, you know, just go with what first pops in your mind. And Griffin Yao scoring against Toronto was, was not the, not the single out a, a young player because they all, the, all our young guys, the, the most, all our teenagers, if you will, uh, did so well. And, and, you know, believe me, Donovan oh. Pines, the, 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 you know, scoring his first goal and, that was a big deal, but for some reason that that um, that Griffin Yao uh, goal just sticks out as a, as a as a big highlight, you know, because when we're talking about still having a chance on, on decision day, while we didn't win against Toronto, we got the point, and you needed <laughs> every point and fraction of a point to to be in that position. So, I, I for me that that stands out as just a, a moment of joy, given the circumstances, the opponent, uh, and and. Uh, you know, again, you could you could probably uh, the, the Donovan Pines his first goal also uh, certainly stands out. But um, I'll start with the Griffin Yao moment. But to be a part of a young players first is is, is special for me. Yeah, I think just that you know, looking back on the season, there was um, you know, growing up in the DC area and knowing the level of talent around here. Um, Obviously, we've had, you know, the club's had success with some homegrown signings. Obviously, Bill Hamid, um, Andy Nahar, um, a couple has popped to mind. But, I mean, you, I'm trying to remember the game. I want to say it was Nashville or something. You had Dewey and Jim, you had Pines, you had Griffin Yao, you had Kevin Paredes, and you had nine men all on the field at some point. And so that's kind of, you know, it's interesting. There's a there's two thoughts in the league, right? We'll go out money on some big-time players, and there's some clubs that go ahead and do that. And there's the other thought of let's – Let's kind of spend a little more strategically in terms of, uh, you know, developing talent in our area and then, you know, fill in pieces with uh, opening our wallet a little bit. And so you look at Philadelphia, had the success they had this year, and they've got fantastic homegrown players that are, um, you know, moving on to Europe or potentially here in the next couple months. So um, and I'm not indicating what I have no idea what's going to happen with the homegrown players in DC United's roster, but there has to be a balance anymore in MLS unless, um, you know, you're going to go out and you're going to have, you know, $13 million transfer fees, which not too many clubs are going to do, then you've got to be able to, you know, cultivate some talent within um, your region. And so I think that's kind of what excites me about um, the 2020 campaign was just the level of uh, talent that these youngsters came in. 
Um, and they were contributing. And it, you know, it's a unique situation too, where if games weren't played every four days, um, maybe they wouldn't be getting the minutes, but they did get the minutes. And those are important minutes, whether they're 10 minutes, whether they're, um, you know, 1600 minutes, those are important minutes for them to continue to develop. And, um, they showed their worth. I think every player, you know, you look at Nyman, um, just turned 17, right, Dave? Just turned 17. And, just, yeah. um, I mean, he's like a, you know, 26 year old in terms of center midfielder, yeah. in terms of decision making, his technique and on the ball. And so, um, his composure too. It's so there's, I think the future is bright in terms of players. And, um, with that too, you have a hungry, talented roster that, um, you know, I don't think anyone's going to argue they need some additional pieces. Every club needs additional pieces, but there's, there's certainly a foundation there that was shown over the past, um, you know, six, seven matches this 2020 campaign that is, uh, at least in my opinion, um, something to be excited about. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's there's uh, in the moment as we talked about, not too big for him. Whether it's Moses Nyman starting where he started this this uh, this past Sunday, or you know, again, but we we you know focus on the teenagers. But then uh, <laughs> it's not like Donovan Pines and Chris and Chima running around with with uh, with with gray hair. So uh, and what a story he you know Chris and Chim coming back from the uh, uh, um, you know the, the cancer battle. He had. So. Um, <laughs> You know, there, there's so many young, bright spots that you can't wait to see what happens next. And you know, we forget, you know, the development of a Chris Durkin, who is who is playing right now um, in in Belgium. I mean, you know, we're we're producing uh, young, exciting players, and and that's a that's a good thing not only for for Major League Soccer, but you know, if we're going to continue to grow as a as a country, you know, this can no longer as we didn't make 2018, but this is a country that should win. Cup. Well, it's it's not going to just happen because we're the best marketing com- company or whatever. It's it's going to happen because of a good player development, and, and we certainly are seeing that at DC United. Yeah, um, and you're right on on that aspect of the fact that we've got some great youngsters, and I love Pines this season. He's been absolutely phenomenal. The fact that he's got uh, three goals, he was second top scorer for us this season. I think it was. He's just been. Awesome. Um, the moment of the season for me was the 98th minute by Eric Sorger against New York Red Bulls. That yeah, was yeah. that was something else. I remember just thinking, I think it was six minutes of added time that was on the board. And, and then you get yeah. to the corner and you thinking, yeah. hey, come on, this is the last chance. We've got to do it. And then he pops up and does that. And it's just absolute scenes. And oh, loving life with that. And the yes, then known as the Estonian Messi. <laughs> yeah, no, it was that was that was and that was a moment where you said, "Well, boy, I wish there were some fans yeah. in the stands because that Red Bull Arena would have gotten awfully quiet. That was <laughs> that would have been uh, that would have that would have certainly added to the moment. But um, but again, that's 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 a, the beauty of it is that you know we're not going to look back on this season and say, "Wow, that was." That was a that was a terrific season. We didn't make the playoffs, et cetera, et cetera. But man, we were given some moments and some players, and and that's 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 what we yeah. live on. I mean, the the I mean, if we're, I know I just kind of covered the 2020 campaign, but moments too. People Higuain coming in and sparking a comeback against Toronto oh. when they were down a man, um, and the the, the chip that he had. Oh. Me. Uh, and then yeah, I think. Chris the Dewey Jim's goal too, just uh, everything that he'd been through for him to uh, not only just obviously recover from that and be able to play professional soccer again. And then to, you know, he was, 
he had a fantastic year until it was kind of derailed by that concussion at the end of the season. But for him to get on the score sheet was, was a special moment. Yeah, I mean, that I think everyone was a, was very emotional after that goal went in. It was just after knowing what he's been through and how hard he's worked to get to where he is now, I think I think that top trumps every every moment. I think. <laughs> but let, let's let's leave that on a high then, shall we? Um, let's come towards the end of the show. But I'm going to go to a break because I've got a couple of things that I want to announce before we actually wrap up the show. So we're going to head into a break. Going to announce the details of a giveaway. So I'll be right back after this. James, yes, it's Henry here from the MLS UK show. And first of all, congratulations, mate. 50 episodes. Well done. Everyone as good as the last. And I'm sure the next 50 will be even better. Uh, On the MLS UK show, uh, we're stuck on 80 episodes. Uh, That's because we can't see each other in the studio because of the UK lockdown rules. Uh, Hopefully we'll be able to do something very soon. But in the meantime, if you want to watch any of our episodes we've done over the last few seasons, feel free. Just search MLS UK show for your podcast provider. Give us a rating, subscribe while you're there. And also you can go to youtube.com forward slash MLS UK show. Again, subscribe, put the notifications on, 
and you can watch all the episodes from this season, including when we spoke to DC United Kingdom's James Graham. Speaking of which, back to you, James. Well, I just realised that you might not have heard what I was saying there. Um, so I was supposed to be introducing Henry there and telling you that I was about to announce the giveaway right now. So it's a bit weird being on my own. Um, once again, I want to thank Dave and Devon for taking the time out to come in on the show. I know there's international friendlies on, so I know if you're not watching live, that's fine. That's not a problem. If you're listening back, thank you. Um, so this giveaway been wanting to do something like this for a little while but I thought why not do it on a nice special episode like the 50th so what do you need to do it's available to anyone anyone can enter that is absolutely fine family I'm sorry you can't enter legal reasons you're not allowed um, but what you need to do is take a screenshot or take a photo of you watching the, this episode a screenshot a photo of your of your phone watching it listening it whatever as long as you can as long as i can see you listening or watching to the episode that's what matters um i need you to enter in um send that in to dc united uk fans at gmail.com that is dc united uk fans at gmail.com now you're wondering what you can win what you can win is a dc united kingdom t-shirt that is up for grabs um absolutely fantastic i will be sending that out to you that closing date is the 30th of November at 12pm UK time. Obviously I'll be sending out reminders over on social so keep an eye out for that. Um, that's about it. So thank you to Dave and Johnson. Dave and Johnson? Sorry, Dave Johnson. I'm sorry Dave for getting your name wrong there. But thank you to Dave. Thank you to Devon for taking the time out to come onto the show. Thank you to you guys for listening in. If you've been here from the day dot, thank you. I, I can't believe it. If you're new to the show, welcome. Um, just remember to hit that subscribe button, like the video. If you're listening to this on your podcast, if you're on Apple Podcasts, drop a little rating. Um, and if you want to, give us a little review. Let other people know what you think about the show, especially if it's a nice thing. Um, it's been awesome to do these shows for the last 50 episodes. Um, I hope to do it for another 50 episodes. Thank you to the club for everything that they've done for me um the support content creator network that's great that we've got that up and running the fact that i've had dave dave johnson on devon on the fact that we've had claudia we've had donovan pines we've had chris adui Sam, we've had russell canals julian gressel ben olsen the fact that he took the time out to come on to the show this little old show in the uk was unbelievable i am thankful and humbled every single day for doing this show it still beyond my wildest dreams for doing this so yeah thank you guys for listening this is all for you i appreciate you guys watching and listening so without getting too emotional because i'm northern we don't do emotions i shouldn't say that now um everything is good um yeah thank you for tuning in again thank you for listening again and until next time because there will be one or two more episodes for this season this year until next time vamos united <laughs>